Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning and welcome to round three of the Bible uh, series. And that's based on two books. It's based on this book by Andrew Ollerton, The Bible That Makes Sense of Life. And I'd thoroughly recommend you read that one because it'll fill in a lot of the gaps. And it's also based on this one, the Bible. It's great that we're always based on what the scriptures say. I'd like to say that the Bible is something that's very precious to me. I got this particular Bible in uh, the 1990s. So it's been around for 30 years or so. And I've had it recovered twice because I know where things are on different pages and I can find the scriptures. I'd encourage you, get to know your Bible Mark your Bible and your Bible will mark you. I learnt a bit about the Bible in my uh, young years at Sunday school and Crusaders and things like that. But I learnt more about the Bible, but not about its author. I didn't get to know the author of the Bible until later on. And then when I got to know him, when I got to know God, when Jesus came into my life, That made such a difference. The whole of the Bible came to life. So now we've been looking at the uh, Bible series and we started with the origins, which Neil and Sim brought to us, then the exodus and freedom, which Sarah brought last week. And today we're looking at exile and peace. Origins looks at Genesis and Exodus looks at Exodus. And that leaves us just 37 books of the Bible to do this morning. But we're not going to rush through things. We're going to take just a little bit of the history, the time of exile. And you say, well, what's the time of exile? Well, first of all, let's put it in an historical context. And we'll look at my latest work of art, a map of the Middle East. We're going to have a brief run through 900 years of history. It starts at 1500 BC when in Egypt, the children of Israel came away from the Nile, across the Red Sea, and then ended up in this area here, including receiving the Ten Commandments around there. But 40 years they spent in this area and then came from there into Jericho and then into the area of Israel. And in that time... Uh, the, uh, the kings um, were uh, the first of all the judges and then the kings, uh, King Solomon and King David and uh, King Saul were all on the throne. And then the, there was a whole series of kings from uh, about 1000 um, BC and from here, that was 1500 BC. So 500 years or so, and then there were all these kings. And then in 600 AD, uh, BC rather, 600 BC, the exile took place where the king of Babylon came and invaded Israel. And then the people were taken on a circuitous route here down to Babylon, completely away from their culture and their home and into a a foreign land. 
So there we have it, just a brief overview of the history. But one of the important points during that time was the reign of King David. Because during that time and the uh, Solomon, the uh, things were collected together for the temple and then the temple was built. And the establishment of worship and praise and the uh, worship of God in that place uh, brought a sense of completeness to them, which we will see later on uh, as the Hebrew word for peace, that is shalom. There was a completeness there uh, of God's presence with them and their uh, peace from the enemies. And uh, it was a little bit of Eden in that place. Now, the kings that um, followed after David were uh, of varying qualities, as you will read in 1 and 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles. And uh, ultimately, it led to the judgment of God. And in around about 600 BC, they went on this exile. Now, we're going to talk about the exile period as if it were a storm because that gives us something of the picture of what the uh, children of Israel went through at that time. So we're going to focus on the 70 years of exile and use it as that metaphor of the storms of life and how we can find peace in the midst of that. So first of all, what does the Bible mean by peace? The word I mentioned was shalom, and it has a very rich and full meaning. Sometimes we talk about uh, we are in peacetime, and uh, uh, we just think that's just the absence of conflict. Or maybe we've had a breakup with somebody and we've got back together again and we have peace. Well, that's good, but it's not all of, the, all of it. How about quietness? Well, you know how it is. You go to a party and the DJ is making it so loud that uh, when you come out, your, uh, your ears are ringing and you think, ah, oh, peace at last. But it's more than that. It is absence of conflict. It is quietness. But it is also health, wholeness, well-being. And uh, it can also be used as an adjective to describe things, like, for example, a piece of pottery. A shalom would mean it has no cracks, or uh, a wall, it has no weak points. And so uh, this all relates back to the situation in the Garden of Eden that we saw in the origins, which is where God had good relationship with man, man had good relationship with God in a place of beauty, and everything working well, and everything right. That is the kind of peace that God wants for us. Now, if you're not experiencing that peace, that's not surprising. We are in this age of exile. We are in this time when we are separated from his full purposes. But we'll see more of that in a moment. But our life is a quest for peace of that kind, a full wholehearted peace, shalom in our lives. 
Now we're going to look at three things this morning. We're going to talk about peace. We're going to talk about purpose. And we're going to talk about promise. Three Ps if you're keeping notes. I want to tell you a little story of a, a storm that I was involved in. The first ship I joined in the Royal Navy was HMS Fearless, which isn't a bad name for the ship, because we set sail from Portland Harbour in a force 11 gale. Bear in mind that the Beaufort scale only goes up to 12, so 11, force 11 was pretty severe. And we made our way along the south coast and we were doing navigational exercises. And so uh, we were on the upper deck and that particular ship rolled a tremendous amount. And so we were doing our best to keep our dinner down whilst we were doing our navigational exercises in the howling wind and the driving rain. But the great thing that we had was a piece that the captain was there, that the navigating officer and the rest of the crew knew what they were doing and we were safe and secure, even though we were being battered by the storm. Now the children of Israel left uh, the security of Israel and all the things that they knew, their homes, and they were taken to Babylon. And there, there was, life was so different for them that they wrote in the words of Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon we sat down and we wept. That was made famous in 1978 by Boney M. You may have heard the song. When life is tough, God hasn't given up on us. Let's have a look at Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I believe God is speaking to some people this morning. And maybe it's you about the storm that you felt just recently, perhaps, in the COVID situation. Maybe it's something to do with a, a relationship breakup. Maybe you've had a loved one who's died. Maybe you've been going through a storm of some sort and God wants to say to you, I want to be with you and give you peace in the midst of your storm. I want to pray for you right now that God will give you peace in whatever storm of life you're going through. Father, I pray for peace in the midst of the storm of life, right now, would you come and bring your shalom peace deep into the hearts of each person that's watching this? Would you touch their situation and bring them peace? I speak peace into your life now, in Jesus' name. You know, we had a, a difficult and stormy situation in the summer when we were over in Jersey. We were snatching that little bit of time between the lockdown one and lockdown two. And we were with our son, Tim, in Jersey. 
And he's in his early 40s and uh, uh, healthy and strong and all the rest of it. But a few years ago, he had a, a heart attack. And uh, he was out surfing one day with uh, his brother and he had uh, a VT, which is um, a, a time when the heart flutters instead of pumping and it goes really fast. And because it's not pumping blood adequately, sometimes the organs of the body can shut down and it can easily lead to death. Miraculously, all sorts of things fitted together so that he ended up in hospital being cared for appropriately without having uh, a significant problem. Now, it was a hairy time, you can imagine, but we felt in the midst of it a peace knowing that God was there and carrying him through. Once he got uh, strung up with the, um, uh, all the monitoring and uh, uh, he'd been flown over to Oxford and, and put on drugs and things to keep him uh, stable, he still had further VTs until he was uh, operated on. But God gave us a peace through it all that uh, he was going to be okay. Well, he's, uh, he's getting over things and he's getting back to work again now. And things are quite difficult still, but we still have that peace. God is doing something. He's with him. He's with us. Closer to home, the other day I phoned up Dave Newman and had a chat with him. And uh, I have permission from him to share this with you, that uh, he has been going through a time during this COVID crisis. He's not only had COVID, but also he uh, retrained for uh, marketing, which he really wanted to do, and has got himself a new job doing that. And I was just so encouraged that in the midst of it all, when things weren't very easy, uh, he was uh, seeking God and God brought him through. God gave him peace in the place that he wanted him to be. A little bit of shalom in Dave's life. Uh, it's wonderful to hear. Now I'd like us to look at uh, another person's story. Her name's Megan. We don't know her, her locally, but this was uh, part of the Bible series. I think it's a testimony that you'll enjoy. I grew up going to church every Sunday, never questioned God's existence. But when I was 17, I decided that God was boring and I wanted to do my own thing. So I said, thank you, but no thank you to God. So I was driving home one evening when I was at sixth form. Um, it was a really wet, windy, dark night. Hit a large pool of water on the road and I'm told, I don't remember, um, but the car flipped over multiple times down a steep ravine and then I was airlifted to a specific one at the emergency department because the accident was so severe. So I spent a total of seven weeks in the intensive care unit, had really life-threatening injuries to pretty much all my organs, um, but the injury they were most concerned about was the traumatic brain injury, and they told my family if I was ever going to wake up, which they didn't think I would from the coma, um, they wouldn't have the same daughter or same sister back and um, my family were told to come say goodbye to me. There wasn't 
um, a moment where I woke up and thought, where am I, what's happened? It was a feeling and a feeling of complete peace and the presence of God and knowing that God loved me, even though I turned my back. Unknown to me um, at the time in intensive care, but hundreds and hundreds of Christians across the world were praying for me. And they were praying for total healing um, of my body. And on one night where my family had to come and say goodbye to me, I know that there were 10,000 people in London praying for me. I spent over eight months in hospital in total, which was a really long time. Um, most of that was spent in neuro rehab, um, where I learned to walk again, I learned to go up the stairs again on my own, um, and I found out that I could still play the piano like I could before. And when my neurosurgeon saw me, she literally said, this is a miracle because I'm a nurse. Having gone through such a life-changing experience and finding God in that hardship is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it's changed my entire outlook on life, knowing that God is gonna be there, whatever the storm. And now I can confidently say, without a shadow of a doubt, that God brings hope to any situation. How about that? What a testimony. Wonderful to see. Now we've looked at the peace that God brings us. How about purpose? Now you can imagine that the children of Israel, when they went into exile, it was some distance that they travelled, um, close on a thousand miles, I think. And uh, it must have been a, a terrible um, ordeal for them. And they end up then in Babylon with a different culture, a different language, and as slaves in that foreign land. Now, Jeremiah wrote to them, and Jeremiah wasn't noted for his upbeat messages, but it's interesting to see what he wrote in Jeremiah 29, verses 7 and 11, a letter to the exiles. You'd have thought, well, maybe uh, God will be saying to them, hard luck, you are where you are because you did wrong. But in contrary to that, what it says is, quote, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. What a wonderful letter to receive in the midst of that. It showed that God had a purpose in bringing them into exile. He was with them there. He wanted them to know his peace in the midst of it, but he wanted them to know that he had purpose. Jeremiah accurately prophesied that they'd be there for 70 years. So anyone who was of a reasonable age knew very well that they wouldn't get out of that place. But God was saying that even though they were there and wouldn't get out of it, yet he had a purpose for them. 
life had meaning and purpose. Now, one of the greatest known exiles uh, of that time was a man called Daniel. And you'll find a book about that in the Bible. It's named after him. And it tells the story of him being uh, transported to exile as a, a young teenager and then being taught and trained in the practices of Babylon. And there he didn't compromise on his principles, but he uh, was one who was fully engaged in the culture, but always godly in the things that he did. Now, there are not many characters you can find in the Bible that are completely positive, but you don't find anything negative about Daniel in the book of, of Daniel. He was also one who heard some extraordinary things and wrote them down as prophecies that even engage us to the end of time. And so I'd encourage you, read the book of Daniel and see how he fitted into the culture there. The fact that he didn't compromise sometimes led him into deep water or rather into the lion's den. And uh, God saw him through and showed that he had purpose for him in the midst of exile. He became a very significant player. We've seen that God brings peace in the storm. He brings purpose through the storm. And lastly, God brings promise over the brokenness, promise for something at the end of the storm. Now, the exiles were there uh, and they, in Babylon, but the Persian Empire uh, grew up and took over the world domination at that time. And Cyrus was one of their kings, and he gave uh, a right for the uh, children of Israel to be able to go back to Jerusalem at the end of the 70 years, just exactly as prophesied. In fact, Jeremiah even mentioned the name of Cyrus, who didn't even exist at that time. They went back under the uh, leadership of Nehemiah and Ezra. Two more books that you can read about that story in the scriptures. And they uh, rebuilt the, uh, the city and the temple and re-established the uh, uh, city wall and the temple sacrifices. Oh, what they achieved in such a short time was absolutely amazing. And it was under their uh, uh, expertise and leadership that everybody was involved in taking what looked like just a pile of rubble and making it into something that represented the glory of God. Now, in the midst of that, God spoke uh, to Isaiah and he said this that we tend to read at Christmas time and hear these words. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You've got it. God was promising to them that even in the midst of restoring from brokenness, 
even in the midst of the trials and difficulties they've been through, that God had a plan and a promise for the future. What a wonderful thing. So God speaks peace in the storms. He shows his purpose in difficult times and promises life to us after the trouble. Whatever it is we're going through, those things apply to us if we can believe and take hold of them. God wants peace for us. He wants to show us the purpose that he has in difficult times. And he promises life to us for all eternity. Now, I don't know whether you know this God. It's possible you may not. And if you don't know him and you haven't found him in these situations, I want to pray for you today. He has peace on offer through a relationship with him through Jesus. Not the absence of trouble only, but uh, a saviour and a friend through it all with a promise of a future with him. If this is your experience, and then great. But if it's not your experience yet and you want to move into that, please use the connect button, which you'll find in the chat area on the screen. And you will be able to find out more and we'd love to help you through in that. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for anyone that has not yet come into that relationship, has not found that peace, that purpose or promise for their own lives. I pray, Father, that you would meet with them, that you touch their lives, that you make yourself known to them and you bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.